Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Repeatable Revenue Podcast. If you're a remote business builder, you're in the right place. On this podcast, we explore all things it takes to create reliable, repeatable sales growth in your business. So we talk strategy, tactics, marketing, sales, leadership, and maybe most importantly, self-leadership. You'll learn from me and my experience from sales rep to CEO to now founder of a business I've built in Baja, as well as other guests and experts. You can check out RayJGreen.com for more information about me. Now, let's dive into why you're here today. Hey, everyone. I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest, Marcus Chan. Marcus is a friend of mine, and he's an accomplished sales coach. He's helped hundreds and hundreds of B2B, AEs, and sales pros start earning fifty to 100000 more per year in commissions through his coaching program. He's also the founder of Vinley Consulting, and he's a hell of an entrepreneur. Today, we're going to talk about systems that work, systems that don't, and some of the lessons that he's learned as he's built his business. So without further ado, let's dive in and hear from Marcus. Welcome to the show, Marcus. Glad to have you. What's up, brother? Pumped to be here. Let's have some yeah. fun. Twins with our, with our sweet uh, tank tops, right? Matching. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, you got the memo. Like this is, this is the dress code. This is the mandatory dress code, right? You got to be cool, calm, and casual. I like it. That is right. That's how we do it in Baja. No bad days, man. That's uh, right. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to diving in. So you tell me, like, I'm like, how do you intro yourself? Like it's, I know you've got, you've got the coaching company, but I'm, I'm Marcus Chan and I do. Cool. Super simple. So like, if someone's like, oh, Hey, like, what do you, uh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I help like sales professionals max their compliant out and make an extra 50 K to hundred K more commissions every year. That's it. Easy enough. Very simple. Like, when I say well, I'm a sales coach or people are like, what's a sales coach? What's this? What's that? I'm like, well, this is what I do. Right? Like, oh, that makes sense. Easy. Yep. Got it. You do the coaching. You've got your, your coaching business. And mm-hmm. for anybody listening, like you should know, I've, Marcus and I have been friends for, for a few years and one of the, and you've been a huge help. Like it's really cool because as I'm building my business, you're actually, you're a few steps ahead of me all the time. So I get to ping you and say, Hey, what do you think of X, Y, Z? And you're like, like, yeah, just I made can... this mistake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I get some, I get some, yeah. some coaching from, uh, coach, coaching from Chan's. Uh, yeah. When did you start your, your coaching, coaching business? I think we go through evolutions when we, when we start a business, you know, cause like when I really think about the, you know, like the roots of the business, it really started like when I was still in corporate America, it was a side hustle. So that was like me, like trying to learn like how to build a side hustle. And I learned about creating ebooks. And this is like before everyone had an ebook. So I, I bought a little course, tried that, started making a little bit of money. This is like 2015 or 2016. Okay. And then from there, I started, I'm like, Oh, what else can I make? And then I'm like, Hmm, interesting. I should make a course. And then a few years later, I made a course, the B2B sales course. And that was like 2019, January. People started buying that. And the coaching part came as a, as like a byproduct because people said, Hey, this is cool. Can you coach me? Like, Oh, interesting. Like, oh, wow. I just didn't want to think about it. Right. And then just naturally that became part of the offer. And eventually when I went all in and just made like a formalized offer and solution around actually coaching as well. But that was officially when I made it into like a, a full, a full consistent offer. Well, so I, I quit my job, went all in in September 19, 2019. Okay. And then the basically probably the version of the program running now or closest version to it where it was killer, it's a killer offer all across the board was August 2020 by the time I got to the offer. Got it. So it's been like 
over two years now. Yeah. And so you've crushed it during that, during that time. And it's been really cool to watch your growth. What led you to leave the corporate space? Cause you had a phenomenal career there too. And you were, I know you were promoted to things something like seven times in seven years. Like, so you, that trajectory was going up. Why get off that ladder? You know, I think it's interesting. Um, I think you get a, get to a point where you kind of realize like what's next, right? And, and I remember my last couple of years, I was having a lot of success. I was one of the youngest directors in the company. If you broke the numbers down, it's actually like 12 times in like, in like eight years. But I say 10 out of 10 because it sounds better. 10 times 10 years sounds better, but it is, it is what it is. But besides that point, you get to the point where you're like, cool, this is like a cool life, I'm making tons of money. I'm riding corporate jets. I'm hanging out. I'm hitting presence club. I'm running big team. It's a lot of fun. I've actually had a lot of like power as well. Like I had a massive team. I also saw ahead to what my bosses were doing, bosses, bosses were doing. And I'm like, that looks really neat. But I'm like, do I really want that? In that role I was in, I was in a hotel room about 100 nights a year. And right before I got into this role, a couple years prior, I had a kid. And when you have a kid, your life, your perspective shifts a little bit, right? Like it goes from like, I get to be as selfish as I want. I'm focused on me. I can work as hard as I want, as long as I want, as many hours as possible. And it's great. And I can make all the money I want to make. But when you have a kid, you start shifting, you start realizing there's more life than just that. There's more life than just presence clubs, more life than all this stuff. And, and I started realizing what else is out there? What really fulfills me? What else, where else can I make a bigger impact? And I kind of got to the point in my career where I'm like, in order for me to make more impact on my current company, I have to do more of the company, which is fine. But do I really want to? Do I want to travel more? Do I want to spend more hours working? Do I want to stay in more hotel room with my family? I'm like, I don't really want that. And I didn't really know what vehicle was going to be. And that's why I started getting really, really intrigued by side hustles. And it was interesting was the skills I was learning from the side hustles made me better at my day job, right? From mm-hmm. learning how to write copy to running virtual training. So that wasn't a thing back then. Like I started getting better at all these things. I'm like, interesting how to coach people remotely. I'm like, wow, these are actually developing skills. So I got to the point, I'm like, I want time freedom. Uh, but I didn't have the vehicle to get there. That's what it was. I'm like, hmm. Well, I remember doing the course and launching it and thinking to myself, two years to make this course. Right? It's like, I hope it's good. Woke up, made $2,000 overnight. And I'm like, interesting. $2,000 overnight is a much more scalable offer. Like, I'm like, I can eventually place my income with this if I, if I really want to scale this. So that's when I realized, I'm like, okay. Keep doing this. Keep climbing the ladder, which is great. It's awesome. Or I could bet on myself. And I realized, I started having these major epiphanies of what, what I really wanted, right? is You start realizing over time, like, what do you really want in life? I want a time freedom. That's what I want. I wanted to do what I want with who I want whenever I want. And you get to the point because, you know, making tons of money like i really didn't need to work so i'm like i could just if i want i could just quit my job and just do whatever i wanted but i'm like but that's not my style so i'm like hmm, let me build and do something cool and make more impact that'd be really neat so when i launched that course and it worked and then it wasn't like oh, i'm gonna quit my job right now it was like little things started happening like people started about the course would message me and say I got this amazing result. Thank you so much. I'm like, wow, it works. Interesting. That's like market feedback, right? Interesting. 
or, hey, Marcus, that course is good. Can you coach me? I'll pay you. Hmm, market feedback. Again, so I started like started seeing these signs. I'm like, wow, like I just proved to myself that someone outside of my bubble of the world I'm in, in my, in my corporate job, can see value when I have to bring the marketplace. And that was really, really satisfying. So, you know, I kind of timed it out and I'm pretty like methodical about how I think about things. I'm like, well, I got my presence club trip this summer. I want to make sure I go on that. You know, I hit that again. I got a bunch of stock that's going to vest. I want that stock that's going to vest in September and I want to do actual earnings call. So I'm like, let me time it all out. And then once all of it is like good, then I'll just quit and go on on the business. Mm-hmm. So I timed it all out. And uh, this whole time, again, more and more market validation feedback. So then I went all in. And also, here's the other thing, too. Like, I went all in on this business. I was super scary. But I also realized, like, what's the absolute worst that could happen? The absolute worst that could happen was I absolutely fail being an entrepreneur. I suck at it. I'm so bad at it. I make zero money that I have to go back and be a CRO somewhere, a VP sales somewhere. I'm like, that's not that bad, actually. Like, I just I had to force myself to realize what was the worst. And that's why I made, I made that move, right? And the first six months was probably the, one of the, some of the hardest six months for sure because there was a lot, a, lot of doubt, a lot of doubt and imposter syndrome. But when you start kind of pushing through, you start building progress eventually over time. If you don't give up, eventually you'll have success. Yeah, funny. We have many parts of our story are similar. And then there's parts where personality probably comes through. You know, my promotion was maybe I, I took it from my, cause I was, I was promoted like seven times in whatever it was, nine years, you know, from sales yep. rep to supervisor, to manager, VP, managing yep. director. And then when I got to, when I got to a certain point, I was just done. Like I, I was just like, I was going back and forth with, so I didn't do any of the planning that you're talking about. Like I actually probably, I think it was like 60 days before my equity at $800,000 in equity that's supposed to vest. And Two months prior to that, I, I looked at my wife and I said, hey, I'm about to send an email. It's going to get me fired. And she said, fuck it. Like, go for it. And I said, <laughs> and then we just like, we picked up yeah. and moved to Baja. And I said, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll figure it out. And I, a lot of times I look back and go, you know, if I had planned this out a little bit, it probably wouldn't have been like felt so hasty, you know, but um, yeah, it's a similar path, but different way of different way of getting there. It's kind of kind of fun to hear the story. Well, I think it's interesting is like you might have even with the plan I had, it was not like a plan. Right. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm like, you know, like, 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 no joke. My plan was like, well, I whiteboard everything out. I'm like, I'm like, this is my goal. How I want to build a business. Now, how do I do it? I'm like, all right, like, day one, let me just start posting online. And like, you know, there was like no real plan still. It's like, let me just sell more of this, of this course, you know, see if I pick up some more coaching clients and also like do these things. Right. So, like, I think it's like the plan is good to a certain extent, but sometimes you just got to, just jump in like head first and see what happens. <laughs> when did it? I mean, so a really good question because a lot of things when I'm working with people, there's, you know, there's, you've got to have some vision. Like you got to have a little bit of clarity around where you're at, but there's also this point of figuring it out first. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's this element of a reactive process. You're getting market feedback. Like you're listening, yeah. you're going, all right, let me dial in. Okay. That's a clue. And then there's this point where it turns into much more proactive. I know where I'm going. When did that happen for you? When did it turn from, and it's probably, probably, it's probably not binary, but when did it kind of convert from, all right, I'm putting stuff out there and I'm listening to what the market says and I'm going to follow where that goes versus, yeah, I know where I'm going right now. Cause you're very clear about that. Now you're very systematized. Was there a time that it flipped? It's an evolution, right? It's like, so I remember like, um, and I think, I think you'll appreciate this. So everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. 
but they don't realize like because you have freedom of choice that's also the issue you have freedom of choice <laughs> and i remember like starting and i'm like oh man like first couple weeks um I- i'm working my ass off i feel like and after like a couple of weeks my wife's like how's it been so far i'm like i have no idea <laughs> like i'm like i don't know what i've been doing like i look around, i'm like what the hell have I been doing these last couple of weeks? Like, I felt like I've been very busy. And I realized I didn't have some of the things that I used to have in place. It's basically like I didn't have a calendar or structure or Google Calendar. I didn't have like a to-do list. I didn't like have anything. So I was just busy. So then I'm like, okay, what, what can I, what can I, what, what are specific things that are like actual like IPAs, income producing activities? I'm like, well, number one, if I post content every single day, that'll generate top of the funnel leads. Okay, so I should keep doing that. All right, so I'm like, I should write content. I should definitely do that. I'm like, that's, I know that. Then I'm like, uh, I also need people to like, um, like or my conversion mechanism at the time was a um, uh, opt-in to a uh, th- like a three or four email sequence to to do a buy a course on a sales page. So I'm like, I need to get more opt-in. So I'm gonna create content and drive people to that. So I start, I started doing that. But it wasn't going at the rate I really wanted to. So I'm like, so I'm like, hmm, what else could I do? And uh, one of the courses I bought years ago, and how I even bought the course, and I was kind of, I was going through just some of the modules of different traffic sources. So I'm like, I, it's probably a traffic issue I need to have. And one of the people uh, did webinars. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I should do a webinar. I'm like, I should start doing webinars. So uh, I started doing um, live webinars, and I didn't know how it was going to go, but I'm like, but people wanted like people wanted to opt into webinars. I'm like, interesting. So I'm like. I'm like, here's a webinar on how to do this cool thing without the big prop. So I started like promoting that. And that was really interesting because I started getting people to opt in. I'm like, the leads came much faster now. I'm like, oh, wow, more leads opting in. And then I had to go on the webinar, teach and do a pitch. And I remember like um, my first time doing it, um, it didn't go very well. Uh, I didn't make any sales. I'm like, damn, like I got like 200 people to like, to like opt in. And it took me like two weeks to do that. And then 100 showed up. Um and made a pitch. I think I had like fifty or sixty people at the at the end. Made a pitch, didn't sell anything. I'm like, ah, oh, it didn't work. So I went back, rewatched the modules, rewatched it, started tweaking it some more. Tried again two weeks later. So it's done two weeks. Started going again, going again. And I think at this point, this was like this might be like November or December 2019. So this is like a few months after. And and I remember like um I remember I, I remember I think I think it was December because I remember it hit and on, on literally uh, i was on the webinar i made the pitch the, the pitch was getting better and at the pitch and oh what, what i was doing was i was in a didn't did not buy survey i was in a do not buy survey and i get feedback on why people didn't buy on the, on the webinar mm-hmm. so i started building that into into those objections into my pitch to eliminate up front and then i made a pitch and i made like 6k that that following webinar like on the spot i'm like oh wow interesting like Made a pitch. I'm seeing the Stripe payments come through. I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is, this, this is working. This is working, right? I'm like, repeat success. Repeat success. <laughs> All right. So over the next probably, um, shoot, probably the next four or five, um, months, I'm running webinars, live webinars every two weeks. Live webinar, like spend two weeks almost recruiting, getting opt-ins, getting people to, to sign up. Webinar live. It's like a big show pitch make 5 10 15k on the spot and rinse repeat two weeks later same and it was like all right cool now i'm making some money all right now i'm making some money now i'm making multiple five figures all right like i still don't feel good because i used to make way more than that but i'm like 
this is the better than I was doing before. So I'm like, okay, I feel, I'm feeling better. This is a good spot to be in. And then, um, I was starting to get burnt out because I felt like I'd race really hard for two weeks, get people to, to sign up, do the pitch, close. And then, and then I'm like, all right, start again. Rewrite the email sequences, rewrite everything, rebuild everything, rebuild the landing page, do it again. So during this whole time, and this is around November timeframe, when I was trying to improve my copy as well, I had also um, uh, bought like some low ticket product called Modern Day Copy by Dan Henry. And I was really impressed by the training. I was like, really, really, really impressed. I actually got on, on a sales call with, with their team at the time, didn't buy, didn't buy the program. It's called Sold Out Courses, right? I'm like, hmm, didn't buy. And then, um, went at this point, still didn't get help, right? I just tried to do it on my own. So this is probably February, March, and I'm like, I'm like 2020. I'm like, I'm getting like worn out. I'm like, I, I don't think I can keep doing this. You know, like, should I go by corporate America, et cetera? I'm like, I need, I need to automate this. And this Dan Henry guy has a way to automate this. He has a way to automate like, like an automated webinar that people can drive traffic to. It's automated and people just buy. I'm like, that's what I need to do. So then from there, um, uh, I got another sales call. I joined, and I realized my offer was good, but wasn't great. And then from there, I'm like, "Hmm, I had clarity now. I had improved the offer. I had built a back end, and I started working my ass off doing all these things." At this point, I actually had clarity because I actually got help. Like I had someone who has done the game significantly better than me at a way higher level, way faster. I'm like. This is the dude I got to follow. So now I have clarity in the path. And then from there, that was like the real turning point. Because like I had micro progression, but the real turning point was getting that coach of Dan Henry and be like, what I'm doing is not a good way to do it. And that's why it's not sustainable. This is a better way. And that's it's why I started uh, doing what he was doing. And you're great at that. I mean, we we talk about salt and we I mean we've we've had some of the same coaches. I know we're we yeah. both believe you've got to invest in yourself. You know, you've got to totally. If there's the shortcut in life is find somebody who's done it and pay them to tell you how to do it. And it's, you know, just figuring it out on your own can be a challenge. Um, one thing that you said was, uh, like you, you tried the webinar, you were trying the content, you were trying different things. And a lot of people that leave the executive role where at least where in a lot of companies, mistakes aren't really rewarded. Like we're right. rewarded as executives for, for wins, not for yeah. going out there with losses. And so we, if you've been in the corporate world for 10, 15 years, a lot of times you get into the entrepreneurship side and you're, and you're, you're, you're gun shy. Like, was that you're brainwashed to not make mistakes? Yeah, you're right. Is that something you yeah. had to overcome or was it innate? Like, did you know, listen, I'm just going to put myself out there. If the webinar flops, fuck it, it flops. Like, or did you have to like force yourself to do it? So, um, it's probably a mixture, right? Because, you know, I, I grew up in, in a world where I got to be very entrepreneurial, even in the roles I was in. So I was just kind of, I'm all, I was always testing stuff and always trying out new things to improve stuff. That's probably what made me better than most people, right? Cause I was really, I was running like an entrepreneur at a company. Mm -hmm. Like I was like an entrepreneur who just ran like my own business. So I already, already had that a, a lot already. Um, but there's this level of perfectionism that really held me back, I think, as well. Right. And there was some ego too. Like, I think definitely some ego for sure. Like, because I look back, I'm like, why did I get help to begin with? Like, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, just because I ran these huge sales teams doing like hundreds of millions of dollars a year, that doesn't mean I'll be good at being an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, you know, like, 
So sometimes I, I think of my own ego got my own way. And then once it once um it was interesting, it was like once I joined Dan Henry's program, I realized very quickly my ego actually made my product not as good as it could have been. And what I mean by that was, you know, um I didn't really understand the term um sell before you build. Most people build and they start to start selling that. They build a product and they try to sell it. So that's what I did. And I had a good product because I was selling to an old version of me. That's what I was, I was selling to a past version of me. So I built a product which, be, which would be good for that. And it worked. And it was, it was a decent product. It wasn't terrible. Uh, but it's inferior to what it is today, right? Um, and what's interesting was I just did not realize when I built it, that version 1.0, I didn't realize that it was through my own lens and perspective. It was through the lens of more people. So one of the things that I thought was really, really interesting was, you know, Dan called a sell before you build, which is you go out, you get the market feedback, and you don't build anything, and then you you, you try to pre-sell the offer first. And once you pre-sell it and you get enough people, then you build it live with them. And then you get the real-time feedback to make it really good. So that's actually what I did. So I, I spent like two months doing exactly what I was doing, and then I did a, 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 a beta version a few months later, like it was like June 2020. Launched it. We sold. I think we sold probably like ten or fifteen k. It was still considered a low ticket offer at the time, and it was a beta version and a really high conversion. I think we converted like even live on the webinar. It was probably like fifteen twenty percent. So it was a pretty good conversion without a sales call. I'm like, oh cool. Like so, like, we did that, and then like interesting. So then we I made the offer even better. So I made the product better, made the solution better, better copy, but everything aligned way better. Things just resonate, hit more. And then now I had the version like 2.0 done. And then from there, I was able to make it even better to a 3.0 a month later, mm-hmm. right? And then do a full launch in August. But it was like, it was that ego helped me back from thinking the product was already good. How do you know it's good? We're biased in our own, in our own head, right? So now right. even like, now I track confidence scores of how people in the program. We have like specific, I track like how long someone takes now from the, fir- from the start to first result. So now I have data points to be able to say, well, on average, it's 14.1 days to get a result in our program. So now I have the data to back it up because I obsess about some of these things to actually make it better. But you're not going to know these things if you don't get help because you're oftentimes blinded by your own ego. Yep. Well, I can tell you, I mean, so the the program that I, I released in April, I, I have documents, Marcus, that go back two years probably that this was in my mind. Like even, I even had it named and some of the curriculum and things I wanted to build, but I kept putting it off. Like I had to, I had to build out all the curriculum. I had to build, like make sure all the courses were right. And I finally said, fuck it. Like in, in April, I actually, I I took the time to build, but it was the marketing and the sales part of it. And then, then when people said, you know what, Ray, like, yeah, we want to, we want to join this thing. Then we built it, you know, like we, with the, the first cohorts, you know, we actually went through and built it. And now it's a matter of refining it. Um, now what's one thing I, I wanted to ask you is because you have a team now, right? When you were solo, uh, or even with, with some VAs, how do you, how did you go about picking your priorities on, all right, I need to change some things in marketing. I need to make improvements to the products. I need to change how I'm doing like internal systems. Like there's all these things that you could be working on. And I know you're a really like systematized person. How did you go about picking where you were going to allocate your time and what was going to have the highest 
rewards and then letting certain things kind of sit in the background, which is a discipline if you're, when you're, especially when you're solo, how did you go about that? So first I figured out where was my constraint? Like where was the constraint in the business? Wherever there's like a bottleneck in the business and it's, if it's constraining something that has a big impact, how can we eliminate the constraint? All right. Mm-hmm. So I'll give, I'll give you like, and, and there's also like, what's that, what's that task worth value wise? So for instance, um, you know, one of the first things, uh, I basically removed was, um, a content ed- editing in videos. So you, I used to edit all my own videos, do all that, right? Took a, took a lot of time. I was constrained. Me physically open the video up, plug into Camtasia, editing it, taking subtitles, putting it in, trying to add graphics and background music. That's not my zone of genius, but I knew it would help bring top of funnel leads. Like I knew that, right? Uh, so I'm like, hmm, interesting. Like I'm like, that's one of the first things I should probably outsource. So I did, right? So like, you know, I had another VA and I had her do. I taught her how to do all of that. I'm like, I just started having her do. Like I'm like, interesting. Now, uh, you, you start doing these things and you're like, all right, cool. You start like machine, you, you kind of change one thing at a time. It starts getting better and better and better. And then you start observing what are some other constraints. And I remember, um, it was, uh, it was July 2021. Business is humming. We're doing good. And it's still me and two VAs, right? So it's me and two V, uh, two virtual assistants and one does full time video editing and content. It's all my editing for videos. And cuts the clips and does all that stuff. So she's doing that. Other person's like, you know, managing just a bunch of administrative stuff, stuff that needs to be done in the business. And I remember it was, um, so, you know, we had COVID obviously for, you know, everything shut down. July 2021 was the first time I was to take a real vacation. So we're all going to go to Hawaii. I'm like, great. I'm excited, right? I'm like, and I'm, I'm still running sales calls, everything. So I'm like, zero sales calls, right? So for two weeks, didn't take any sales calls. And that month, like, you know, we only made like 35, 40K. I was pissed. I, I was like, oh my God, I'm the constraint. I'm the constraint right there. Right? Like, I'm the constraint. I, I'm like, because I like, well, number one, I'm not going to take sales because my vacation. I'm just not going to. I just time frames what I want. Right. Um, and I realized I didn't see that constraint because I wasn't taking vacation. I was like, oh, just, I'm just doing my thing and just, just, doing whatever so i'm like okay so in the next i'm like the next I, i'm like to remove this constraint i have to hire so literally at that point i'm like okay i need to hire a um i need to hire a closer a salesperson to run calls now what was also interesting was i also was the other constraint was uh we didn't have like you know it was doing what i was doing it, you know it's like if i wanted to pay them I would need to have more sales calls as well because we would like automatically or gathering through the system with zero zero ads that that could contribute uh, attribute the time. Was, we would book eight to twelve calls automatically every week just through organic. People watch the v- the video sales letter, they book a call. Like it was just like get more eyeballs on it, all organic. I'm like, if I have a closer, they need to have at least fifteen and twenty calls a week consistently, right? Because they're going to probably close at a lower rate first off, you know, because they're probably going to be at the same level. Uh, but also they need to, you know, like they all make sure they can make a lot of money. I want to make at least, you know, 150, 200 grand a year. So I'm like, okay. So then at that point, I'm like, I got to hire a closer and also a setter. I'm like, hmm, if I can hire a setter and a closer, I'm like, I need the systems now to set them up. 
So now suddenly because of that, I'm like, oh, here's the priority. So now my priority is like, okay, number one, how can I find the right talent? And number two, how can I build a back-end system so when they come in, they have SOPs and processes set in place? So I think there's an important lesson here. I didn't start building these things out because I thought I might need these things. Because a new problem arose, I'm like, I, I had to solve for this constraint. And because that constraint would require me to solve a different problem, I then had to solve that, those problems first in order to solve this bigger problem, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it's kind of like as you like, as you solve one problem, a new one will arise. So we, you solve that and you solve another, and, and another one will arise. But eventually, if you solve enough problems, eventually you get to where you want to go. And that's kind of how I look at entrepreneurship. It's like, you're just, it's just a series of solving problems every single day to a point where you can kind of start staffing or start replacing, replacing what you're doing with people that can, who are, who can do a better job than you are going to do. Were you ever in a spot where to go fix that problem, you felt like some part of the core business was going to, was going to fall off? Like, and that's one of the challenges I know for a lot of solopreneurs is I'm the constraint but I'm also essential to each of these functions. So if I, if I take some of my time to start building these systems, some of the things that are le- like driving the business today, then stop. So the hesit- so you get trapped in this spot. How did you manage that? So I think, well, first off, it sounds so simple. Uh, I literally, uh, I used to use Trello. I took a Trello board out and I, I tracked for a whole week everything I did. Like each one's a card, like every task. Right. So I had this running list of a, just a bunch of useless tasks is what it basically broke down to. And then from there, I'm like, what roles would I hire for? Right. And I created new like columns for the roles I'd hire for and started moving the tasks to those people. So mm. this, this helped me identify now very, very, very visually like, Oh, yeah, I could just have a VA do this. Like I'm like, there were stuff I'm like, I was still doing that. I just didn't think to come up with my VA. So now my VA, I can't really say she only does one thing because she does like random things. Updates the AR tracker. Like when, when, so, when we have a, uh, when new client gets on board, she creates a visual card that we can like use for more. It's just like all these things. That, like I think they're important to a certain extent, but you just, you just like, I started like delve, just delegating it out. Right. With, with existing staff. It's like, how can I, how can I maximize the efficiency of each person on my team? And then what could, who could I hire for? Right. So like my next hire, so it's going to be an executive assistant. Right. So like just to get rid of some of the other things that, um, I need like an English speaker to be able to do. And in addition to like a bunch of other just like stuff that needs to be done, but I need a, I need a high caliber person that can actually take care of it. Right. So like I think you start, you start no, identifying what those things are first, eliminate the things that are going to have the least amount of impact. Uh, but they still take your time. Get those done. And then once you realize, well, you know, like if you had to build something out, for example, like uh, new 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 sales new new sales hire, I need I want to build an internal training. I knew I could do, I could I could not do it. They can come in and they'll probably take long to ramp up, or I could buckle down for like two weeks, remove distractions, and just make it happen, and get it done. Mm-hmm. Like, like focus more about getting it done versus making it pretty. So that way, when they started, they're able to ramp up very quickly. So for example, like. I had a new setter, uh, the new setter started recently. His first month, because the train is so dialed, first month set 28 appointments. His first month, right? Has zero setting experience. Just came in. I injected him to what I already built out. He just followed it and booked 28 meetings. 
So that's what happens because I didn't, I, I buckled down and it happened. So sometimes there's going to be sacrifice of like, okay, I'm going to take zero sales calls, block it out. Like it's going to cost me some money today and tomorrow. But in that time frame, I have to be disciplined and just do these things and get it done. If I don't get it done, it'll cost me more long term wise. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And it's really, it's a really good point because the confidence to, to step away from a couple of things seems to come from clarity of what the next step is. Like, so if I, if I know, all right, I can see by hiring this person, these are the roles they're going to have. These are the things that are not on my plate. This is the system I have to build for them. That clarity then gives me the confidence to say, all right, I'm not going to take sales calls for a week, but in that week, I'm going to do these things because I, I understand the trade off. I think a lot of people get stuck when the plan isn't super clear. And so you just end up in this, like in this, in this vortex, you know? Um, so I think if you start the goal first, it's like, it's like, what's your goal? Like, for example, like in 2022, I'm like, I've, I have a couple big goals. Number one, write the book. Number two, YouTube channel. So I made it happen, right? Because anytime I had free time, if I'm like, ah, right, what can I be doing? It's very clear. Write the book. YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Like it be, when you have that North Star, and he called it North Star, when you have that clarity of the goal, doesn't matter the path is not as clear. As long as you, you can see, as long as you know the end destination, the path will become more clear by simply having the end goal first. Yep. And you know what? Like the, your tolerance for work. And like I, I always say, like burnout comes from lack of, like not feeling like you're making progress towards a meaningful goal. It has way more to do with that than it does the amount of work I have to do. If I can see the destination, You'd be amazed at how, like, how much work I can do and, and sustain. But it's when you don't feel like you're making progress towards something that actually, actually matters. Like, that's when it starts to feel like overwhelm and burnout and just, yeah, it's not a, it's not as rewarding anymore. Progress um, is the ultimate motivation. Like, yep. th- that's why this is actually why every day I write down like three to five things that I did and move towards my goals every single day, no matter how small. Because it helps, it helps remind me. Because like if these goals are big, if they're big, you're not going to see the the single step, right? But like when you like when you are tracking it daily, then you're like, oh, actually, hey, you know, I made some progress today. So for example, I think I, I think I think I think I, I walked like 75 marathons in 2022 based on what or my ordering told me, right? Like, but I wasn't trying, but that wasn't actually like the goal. I was like, I, I just want to walk. Like, I'm like, I want to walk 10,000 steps a day at least. And because I did that, it ended up equating to this really cool goal. But each day, I'm like, cool. My goal was just make sure I move daily so I stay healthy and don't become a huge fat dude. <laughs> it sounds it sounds cliche, but it's like yeah. one step at a time. Literally, in that case, it's yeah. one step. Like, it's breaking Literally. down. Yep. One goal, back to a monthly goal, back to a weekly goal. That's it. Well, I... I know you, uh, I, I could talk to you for hours about business and I'm going to have you back on this, uh, really, really soon. But one, one question before I, li- before I leave, what is one, the bet, like your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you've been offered? Well, I would say probably, I'll give you my favorite quote first because I think it's probably easier. So, um, the quotes, it's an Aristotle quote is we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is then not an act, but a habit. And, you know, I, I love that quote because um, any entrepreneur, any exec, any salesperson can be really great one time, one week, one month, one year, but very few can be consistently excellent. 
So if you think about the kind of long-term habits, I think it's very applicable to entrepreneurship. That's very, very powerful. Um, the, the second piece uh, in terms of probably best advice uh, is only only take advice from people who have done what you want to do on a consistent master level. So it kind of lines to it very, very well. Um, I look back to, you know, I didn't take my own advice. I wish I had gotten a, a mentor early on, right? When I started my business, that would help me so much more. Um, but I think in today's time, there is not necessarily, um, I think it's easy to find a mentor because so many people out there, but you actually have to be very good at filtering the advice and really choosing who you want to listen to in the noisy world. And if you could do a really good job of just being, having a good filter, identify the people you actually resonate with and what they've done, those people you want to follow, then block everything else out and then just execute relentlessly toward whatever they tell you to do. Yep. Great advice. And it's, um, you said it earlier, it's, you know, whether it's ego or not realizing that the help is out there sometimes, but that was same thing for me, like out there, I had built businesses before I had a successful executive track. Like I was, you know, I could do this, but it was when I got my, when I invested in my first program, right. And it's not, and it's not self-serving. It's, it fast tracked me. It was a turbo charge to, you know, to the, to the next phase, to the next season. Like you just get through the next phase a hell of a lot faster, man. Um, so I appreciate having you. Appreciate having you on, brother. What's uh, where can people find you when they when they want to go find Marcus Chan? Yeah, so you can uh, look me up on LinkedIn, super easy. You can get a free copy of my Wall Street Journal bestselling book, CloseWithChan.com, uh, or hit my website, SixFigureSalesAcademy.com. Excellent. Well, uh, love having you. Congrats on the on the book success and all the business success, and I uh, look forward to having you back soon, brother. Thanks, brother. Always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us this week on Repeatable Revenue. Make sure to check out RayJGreen.com where you can subscribe to the podcast. And if you found value in the show, we'd really appreciate a rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. Or you can simply tell a friend about the show. That helps us out too. And if you want to explore any of my other resources, like my email newsletter, my coaching program, any special events, you can find it all at RayJGreen.com. Thanks again.